So if I say the sentence, not looking for an FWB, do you know what that means? I sure do. It means you are not looking for a friend with benefits. There's this whole language of terms that's not just come from online dating, but also perpetuated by. So things like DTF, which didn't start in online dating, but like is certainly a short little acronym that means I'm down to fuck. Mm-hmm. There's this whole lexicon, let's call it, of, of words and terms and things people use. Everything from ghosting to swolemate. So we're going to take this episode and just kind of look at some of the, the, the terms and words that are out there. And if you're brand new to dating, hopefully you'll learn a thing or two about the language that's used. There are a couple of resources that I had used uh, to, to learn some of these terms, and I came across so many uh, that I didn't know. And until about two minutes ago, I didn't know what a swole mate was. Uh, but I'm very much on board. I was just thinking the other day, if I'm looking for someone to just work out with, what what do I say? Looking for a workout partner? Doesn't that always mean sex? I don't know. You know, it's just this, like, how do I manage all of the subtleties, right? And there's limited characters. And there's limited characters, you know? How do I say I want this, but I don't want this? And if, you know, don't assume this. And, and so I think these terms come in handy. And I'll, t- I'll tell a pretty embarrassing story. I had the word unicorn on my profile a oh. while ago. <laughs> Before it became... Don't look at me like that. Before it became the, you know, the third, right? So Uh, just to clarify, (laughs) a unicorn as it's used now is when a couple's looking to to have a threesome, the the third person that comes in, they're just there for sex. They're not looking to like have a relationship with this person. They're just that magical person they found is the unicorn. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you use it as? (laughs) So it came from single men or single people asking for their unicorn, right? They're looking for that something very special that's magical. And then the other person would say, hey, I am that unicorn. And then, you know, the couples kind of stole that from us, low key, um, (laughs) didn't let us know. So I was working within that interaction. This is proof of the algorithm existing in certain apps because I started to notice that... um, there were a lot of couples on my Tinder and my Bumble. I thought, man, the couples are really hitting it hard these days, huh? There are so many. And then I went to, I went on vacation. I went to Paris and I thought, is this just like a worldwide thing? Why are there so many Parisian couples on my, my Tinder? This is weird. <laughs> and then on a different app, uh, I, was, I was talking to somebody and, and he was like, so... Do you know what a unicorn is? <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, it's this, this person, you know, you're looking for your unicorn. I'm the unicorn. And he goes, oh, baby, no, no, no. It actually means a third and a couple, and you're just there to have sex with both of them. And so then that came down. <laughs> it was a learning experience. If you don't know the language, you're going to run into some expectations. Yeah. And uh, you might not be able to deliver. Right, right. <laughs> Did you actually, like, match with anybody and then get into a situation where you're like, oh, that's not what I was looking for, I'm sorry? Uh, no, because usually their couples are pretty honest about being couples. Um, I was just swiping on single men at that time, so no, I didn't. But I imagine if I was 
you know, if I if I did swipe right on one of those couples, they would have probably explained it to me. I was like a babe in the woods. Aww. <laughs> but that's how you learn. That's how you learn. Stick your foot in the water and hope you don't get bit. Well, as long as it's your foot. <laughs> <laughs> so what other terms do we want to kind of highlight? What are all the kids saying these days? So... I think some of the big ones are, you know, I think everyone knows what catfishing is. I think everyone knows what ghosting is. You know, if you Google these, you'll find quite a few of them. But some of the important ones, um, IRL means in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, DTR. This one I didn't know. (laughs) Defining the relationship. And it was a problem because I was listening to a podcast by the same title. It Uh was just called DTR. And I got like almost the whole season into it before realizing what it was. I think you should definitely have a conversation. Uh, I think that until the conversation is had, it's okay to be dating other people. Hopefully not like sleeping with multiple people or anything like that. But I mean, I think it's okay to, you know, agree to go on another date with someone too. And I mean, whether it's like, you know, you're just trying to figure out your feelings for one other person or shouldn't be a guessing game. So it's like, you know, I think you assume that other people are dating others until it's spoken. So defining the relationship, that's just kind of saying like, we're going from just two people that met on an app to having some kind of relationship. Are we exclusive? Are we just friends with benefits? That kind of stuff. I think there's a certain art to the DTR. One of the ways that I would recommend doing it is waiting until there is some kind of intimacy. And then you can just talk about something like sexual health and in a very respectful way, communicate about exclusivity, sexual exclusivity, Um, if you're planning on sleeping with other people, what are we okay with? Um, You know, ethical non-monogamy is a huge thing. That is when you are in a relationship with one person, but you are not monogamous with them. You have other relationships or other sexual partners, but your primary partner is aware of those relationships and those partners. And thus it is ethical because there's no deceit involved. So is that what you're going for? You know, you can sort of explore everyone's goals based on the shared desire of staying healthy and informed. So I think that's a great way to do it, um, is to sort of let the intimacy uh, happen and then and then you have a grounds for talking about that. Um, because I think otherwise it's kind of hard to gauge where people are at with their expectations and how active they are on the dating sites. There are people who stay on dating apps, you know, three or four months into a relationship. I have before. I've been in relationships where people ask, why are you still on a dating app? It was something meaningless. I was completely committed to that person. I think I was just using it to fall asleep or something. There was there was something so benign about it that I was using it for at that time. But they were really upset. He was really upset about it. These are situations in which emotions are high and people have a lot of sensitivities. Um, so how long to stay on the dating app and where you are in the relationship and if you're going to have sex with other people. And all of that should be discussed very openly and respectfully. So there's where people that are kind of new to dating apps get into trouble is not realizing that that's a thing now. Mm-hmm. Because in traditional dating, like you're dating somebody and you're dating them. Like there's there's no question about exclusivity, all that kind of stuff. So you're not dating anybody else. The yeah, the, the dating app has introduced that into it where it's like it's not always so cut and dry Mm -hmm. 
it's how many dates do you go on with a person before you know them well enough that you're like, all right, everybody else take a back seat. I'm with this one. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that conversation. I think you do have to have that conversation, but certain parts of it, I think end up going unspoken. I was in a relationship for several months where we didn't actually talk about whether or not we were still on the dating apps. At some point I deleted them or I wasn't on them anymore. I don't know at what point he deleted them or even if he did, but we never talked about it because we didn't actually need to. Uh, we were seeing each other pretty regularly. We had established, um, you know, our rules for intimacy and, and, and that was it. I'm not sure he would have the time to see anyone (laughs) new. You know, we had gotten into a routine and, uh, and things felt safe. So there wasn't any insecurity present that would have warranted that conversation necessarily. But I've known people who, who have that conversation pretty casually. They either volunteer the information and say, hey, I, you know, I deleted Bumble or Tinder or whatever. And that's great. But I think even saying that, you, you kind of put the pressure on the other person. Like, hey, I'm all about you now. This is it. <laughs> totally. And it is a relationship milestone, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one girl I dated who I was like in the process of deleting Tinder. And then she sent me a text that said, hey, I just deleted Tinder. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get married. <laughs> she gets me. We did not. Right. Um, <laughs> but it was a really important step in, in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And even like little things like, hey, is it cool if I refer to you as my girlfriend, as my boyfriend? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my gosh, like I'm I'm out of the dating game. I'm in a relationship now. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge stuff. So what else is out there? What other terms have you like found that? either you didn't know before or are just exclusive to to online dating. This is an important one. A bot or a robot is like a fake account. If you see celebrity photos, um, if you see someone who looks way too good for real life, um, they're probably a bot. Have you heard of fubbing? Fubbing's (laughs) new in her way. That sounds like... It's not sexual. Okay, I mean, it just sounds like something I don't want to picture, but okay. <laughs> phoning, P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. It's a, it's a combination of phone and snubbing. So it's when you sit across from somebody and basically check your phone the whole night, your oh. phone snubbing. So fubbing, as in, yo, this chick fubbed me so hard last night. <laughs> See, <laughs> <laughs> it does sound dirty, but that's what that is. It does. <laughs> Sliding into DMs. This is kind of an Instagram Ooh, thing. Oh, yeah, specifically Instagram. Yeah, so it is uh, you private message someone somewhere on social media, and it is a way to flirt with them. Supposedly it's subtle, but I don't think it is anymore with the advent of the name for it. So <laughs> I think it's pretty overt now. It's a pretty overt way to uh, express interest in someone. And this one's so popular that people are now debating whether or not Instagram is a dating app. Because nobody's doing this on Facebook. Nobody's using Facebook oh, Messenger. Oh, sure they are. Not to the degree that Instagram. Right, not not to the... So yeah. much so that, I mean, as you're, as you're online swiping, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of people that just post their Instagram account because they're not interested in using the app itself. They live on Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you're going to message me, message me on Instagram. Also, I've gained a follower. Situationship. This is one that I've recently heard that I think came out of online dating, or at least more casual dating. I have no idea what that is. It's not a friendship. It's not a relationship. 
it's kind of in between. It's a situation ship. Usually comes out of convenience. You're both not seeing each other. You happen to both have some time off, but like you're not really looking to start a relationship. She's not or he's not like the person that you see yourself with, but it's fun for a while. Is this friends with benefits? It's not because you're still doing like actual dating stuff. So friends with benefits do not date. Right. They just have sex. Right. So it's like relationship light. I feel like that's a really gray area that will cause a lot of people to get hurt. <laughs> Maybe. Again, but that's where the defining relationship comes in. Yeah. Like yeah. Once, you know. So I've seen people ask for NSA, which is no strings attached. We never have to talk to each other after our encounter. And then there's friends with benefits, which is a step up. Actually, some people don't use that term. They'll say looking for something casual, hopefully not just a one-time thing. That combination I've seen a lot because I think friends with benefits, mm, it gets a little messy because maybe you don't actually want to be friends with that person. But having something casual where um, it's not just a one-time thing, you end up talking about sexual health and safety and you know a lot of these um, important parts of intimacy um, and you're kind of safe with that person and you get your needs met but there's no friendship and there's no emotional commitment which at certain points in life can be very beneficial have you ever had anybody call you a snack yes I loved it it means you look good. You're so good. They just want to eat you right up. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's I it. love snacks. Snack is a popular one, especially in like the pickup line. Looking like a snack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you like going to the movies? Oh, good. Because they told me I could bring a snack. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's a, that's a really easy one. That's kind of a newer one. I like yeah. it. Another one that I really like because it puts a term to something that I think frustrates a lot of people is benching. Ooh, benching. Yeah, so you're not like totally into them, but you don't really want them to like leave you or move on from you, so you kind of just string them along. I don't think it's necessarily wrong to do that because people will build up their match lists and then they'll think, well, I'll get there, and they assign some priority list according to whatever, or they just forget about somebody because their list is so long. What do you think? Do you think it's wrong to do that to somebody? You know, I don't know that it actually matters. You don't owe anything to anybody. This is true. And so if you text with them and they haven't responded, I mean, they're, they don't owe you that. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it too with like breaking up where it's like, yeah. at what point do you actually have to like have a conversation with somebody to break up with them? Yeah. Benching is the same thing. You're not required to stay engaged with somebody on text. I think it has a negative connotation, especially when you get into meeting with somebody and then just kind of stringing them along. But I think if you're still in the messaging stage, being benched means you might actually end up in the game at some point. It's just a matter of scheduling and time. Sometimes. The more malicious version of that is breadcrumbing. <sighs> so breadcrumbing is where you kind of string somebody along. You get the sense that they're attracted to you, but you're... There's active flirting. Active flirting. You're either not meeting up with them because of some scheduling conflict or in worst case scenario, you have no intention of dating them, but it's nice to have somebody to talk to. And so you string them along, you text them, you every couple of days say, Hey, what's up? How's How you day doing? Going? Yeah. yeah all that doing? stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this happens more often after you've met. 
I think people get actively benched in the messaging stage, and that's not necessarily a malicious thing, but I think breadcrumbing occurs much more after you've met up. You are putting more into like enticing them, right? You're flirting, you're expressing interest, but just enough that they don't leave. So I would say, yeah, that is, that is a little bit, a little bit more, um, malicious. Um, another one I've heard of is <laughs> the eggplant emoji. <laughs> there are a couple of, of sex emojis. Um, the peach I'm aware of mm-hmm. is the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, other things I'm sure people, uh, <laughs> I'm sure people no use other things. are pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I think the peach and the eggplant are, are the most common ones. What's the vagina emoji? Is that not peach? I thought that I thought the peach was the butt. Maybe it's not. What's the vagina? I don't. I don't know. This is this is the question that men have been asking <laughs> What's since the, the beginning of time. Nobody what knows. What is the vagina? <laughs> Apparently, the creators of the emoji also don't know. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So is the emo- is the eggplant? Is that like a? I've never received, actually. I have received an eggplant, but I wasn't asking for the eggplant. Nobody ever is. Well, <laughs> I was asking for something else, and then I just got the eggplant. I was pretty disappointed. <laughs> so if you get an unsolicited eggplant, what does that mean? Is that a request for sex? Is that, is that someone expressing interest? Is that a man expressing interest that he would like to use his eggplant? Was it just an eggplant, or was like there some words around it? Were there... um, what was the context? I think the eggplant is just meant to... Sometimes it represents... I mean, it's supposed to represent a penis. Yeah, but... That's all I've got. <laughs> I think you can use it as... As... <laughs> as needed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's fair. You know? That's fair. Yeah, I guess... I mean, context is everything, mm-hmm. along with dick pics and any other picture you're sending. It's, what is the intended usage of this? Isn't that the question? That is the question. <laughs> Love bombing. Have you heard this one? Yes, I have. Has this happened to you? Uh, yes, god damn <laughs> Where a guy just, like, comes on so hard, mm-hmm. and he loves everything about you, and makes you feel like the most important person in the world... And then... From my research that I've done, they named it Mosting. M-O-S-T-I-N-G. And it's kind of like um, a combination of ghosting and then the narcissistic tendencies. I don't know why they call it Mosting. Maybe because they completely love bomb you. So here's kind of like what happened. I've experienced this twice now. Met a guy not too far from my house. We got along. There was no no sex talk, but they love bombed. So we almost started texting almost immediately. Hey, good morning. How are you? I hope you have a great day. I can't wait to meet you. Kind of very frequent texting throughout the day for about three days. Then it turns into phone calls. Then it turns into sending, you know, pictures, not, not sexual pictures, just like selfie, you know, let's take a picture of what I'm doing right now. Oh, look, I'm at work, you know, or look, I'm at the grocery store, back and forth. Then they start to hit you with your emotions. 
you are everything I ever wished for. Where have you been my whole life? Then they start with the terms of endearment. Hey, babe, good morning. When are we going to meet? Okay, let's meet on Saturday. You know, maybe it's Monday now. You're in a week's worth of texting with this person consistently back and forth and talking on the phone throughout the day. So, okay, we'll meet Saturday. Saturday comes. You don't hear from them. Completely fall silent, fall off the grid. You're left like, oh, my God, wait, hello? What, are you okay? Did something happen? Then Sunday or the next day will come. Oh, hey, sorry, something happened. Something came up. So like, okay, no problem, no problem. Then with no indication, you know, and then you keep talking for that next couple of weeks, still trying to make plans to meet again. And then just out of nowhere, blocked. No response, no rhyme or reason why. He had an iPhone, so I could tell when, you know, the messages were blocked because I have an iPhone myself. I have two phones. I have a work phone and I have my personal cell phone. So I had texted him for my work phone. And I was like, hey. And he replied right away. Hey, who is this? I said, you should know who this is. I said, that was pretty shitty of what you did. No reply. So I sent another message. Sure enough, that number was blocked. I'm like, okay. He has no interest. But it kind of hit hard because I was like, oh, my God, finally, this is the one, you know, they prey on people. I don't want to say use the term desperate, but they prey on people who really want to find that genuine relationship. And they know that. So they completely love bomb you and then just leave. No rhyme, no reason, nothing. I think that this is one of the more tragic things that happens to people. I'm not sure why it happens. I'm not sure with what frequency these folks have, you know, psychiatric issues. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was some correlation. This is actually something that can become really dangerous. uh, And it's something to definitely look out for. And unfortunately, it's something that you can't really prevent. Uh, It just kind of happens. And you have to be able to recognize the turnaround. And when that happens, you got to run. So everything seems great. It seems too good to be true. It's the first red flag. (laughs) It seems too good to be true. They're, you know, they're really speaking your love language. We're going to get to that. They are really doing it for you. And it seems like they're very generous, whether it's, you know, with affection or, you know, whatever it is you need, they are giving you what you need. And then it starts to devolve into, into something sometimes you know, pretty dangerous, but always really destructive um, emotionally. And the thing that's really frustrating about love bombing is that, God, it's so terrible. You can't see it coming, but you have to observe that person and know them well enough to recognize the change because there's always a change. And, you know, in my case, it was, it was pretty gradual, but actually won't really speak more about that because I think I think he had a lot of other stuff going on. I think foundationally he was not a bad person. I think that was a function of a lot of things that had happened in his life. It can turn into abuse pretty quickly. So um, if someone seems a certain way for a while and then one day starts to act very different, what you feel is very out of character and you're used to this person who's so great and you maybe love this person who has been there for you and Um, and supported you and loved you 
um, and and they start to you know manipulate you you should ask for help and you know try to leave because sometimes it can get uh, get kind of messy there's some horror stories out there so it's pretty it's a pretty toxic thing yeah yeah mm. absolutely I mean at very best like at best it is emotional abuse and it's so common that there's a term for it I don't know how common it is I would say that it's it can get really dangerous so that's why it's out there mm-hmm. it's more of a cautionary thing I haven't heard of too many people being love bombed it's not common like ghosting or even catfishing um, or you know benching or whatever it is um, I think even I think probably something like emotional infidelity is some, is way more common than than love bombing so I mean, people misrepresent themselves all the time, but you can't you can't hide who you are for that long. You know, you say you like to work out. How often do you really work out? Come on, you know? <laughs> that, that, that becomes pretty apparent. So this is something that, you know, they make Netflix specials about, probably. Speaking of Netflix, that was one that came out of online dating. Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill. Yeah. Which basically just means come over to my, my home, uh-huh. which is a... A huge ask when you're online dating. Right. And we're just going to watch a movie and chill, in quotes, which means you're going to have sex. Or something. It doesn't the, have to be sex. The goal is sex? Isn't it always? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it means we're, things are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. For me, Netflix and chill doesn't really happen until you reach a certain comfort level in a relationship. It's definitely not like at the turning point where I think Netflix and chill is something that turns friends into something more. I also think it's more of a younger thing. Yeah. Where it's like you need a reason to get together and watching a movie together is just one of the activities that you can think of. Yes. I think if you're more mature, you have other ways of A, engaging in conversation and like something to do Mm -hmm. and B, don't need to lure somebody into your home to have sex with them. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, you just uh, you just you just type NSA <laughs> on Tinder. Um, no, but I think also like you know when you're when you're in your thirties, you're okay just kind of you know yelling at the TV alone. It's fine. It's not really a, a. I don't really think of Netflix as something to do with other people. No, not at all. And if it's me by myself, it's like, all right, which 30 minutes of this movie am I going to watch tonight before I fall asleep? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, incel. What is incel? You don't know what an incel is? I have no idea. Come on. Educate me. Involuntarily celibate. Try to wrap your head around that one. <laughs> so you want to have sex. Yeah. But no one will fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and you're angry about it. I mean, as you should be, yeah. That's frustrating. Well, they're angry to the point of feeling entitled to that sex and to those people. They think, you know, I deserve to have sex with these women. Why aren't they giving it to me? It's it's a pretty it's a pretty awful thing. I guess it started on Reddit. It was a term to describe people describe men actually who could not have who could who couldn't get laid, basically. Yeah, now I mean now it has a huge like negative connotation. Like, you know, incels are pretty like stay away from them. They're pretty dangerous. Like especially after that, like mass murder. You yeah. didn't hear about this? I'm sure I did. I yeah, know, I yeah. He like wrote a, like a manifesto about it before he went and killed a bunch of people. Wow. I don't remember this kid's name, but he was a kid. We're gonna talk about this in a later episode. But the idea that you are entitled to something or someone is usually 
not great. And sometimes really troubling. Should we talk about ethical non-monogamy and open relationships? We should, because yeah. it is things that, that come up that people are more open about looking for. Because sex is becoming less taboo because mm-hmm. of online dating, which I think is amazing. Where people are willing to say, hey, I'm in a relationship, but I'm not just having sex with that person. Or I'm looking for something that's outside the norm, not traditional. And there are ways of expressing that. So give me some examples. Um, So ethical non-monogamy is the big one. That's the one that you'll see most often. So is that like somebody's in a relationship, they have a girlfriend, a boyfriend, but they want to have sex with other people? Um, Yeah, I think it's an agreement between the two primary... I think the term is primary partner. Mm. Um, It's an agreement between the two primary partners where they decide that one or both of them will have either sexual relationships or emotional relationships, you know, full-on dating, other partners of any kind with whatever requirements they set forth. I think for what it is, uh, I think ethical non-monogamy is very healthy. And it's healthy because it requires open communication and respect. So the idea is that this is not forced upon one partner. They agree and they set boundaries and they work within those boundaries. Uh, and I think that that's awesome. So that is the one that I see uh, more often. If you are outside of that relationship and you're trying to date one of the people in that ethically non-monogamous relationship, I'm not sure what that would look like. I have never tried that. Now, this isn't a person that's that you would consider a unicorn because they're not just there for sex with one or the other. It, they're actually like forming their own relationship with one of the right. people in this. The unicorn is a hookup. That's all it is. Usually when a couple says they're looking for a unicorn, they say, let's go out. Let's, you know, there was one, there was one on Bumble. It was a while ago, but it was a little wild. Um, there's a very attractive couple looking for a unicorn and they said, you know, let's go to this place. And it was like a super nice place. And, um, let's have cocktails and blow and this and that. And, and let's get wild. Um, and, but it was honest, right. And it was, it laid out what the expectations were. I'm sure whoever swiped right on them had a great time. I think if you're looking to get involved with someone who's in an ethically non-monogamous relationship, usually they'll let you know what their boundaries are. And they will make sure that it's okay for you to function within those boundaries. Because that's that's sort of how they do things, right? That's how they do things in their own relationship. And that's how they do things outside of the primary relationship. So what I like about it is that there's a ton of communication. So everyone is okay with what's going on. Key term being ethical. I can see how it would get potentially messy because you're introducing uh, a new variable, into that relationship and when you have a new person in your life you are influenced by them and then other relationships get influenced and so i think knowing your own boundaries and what you're able to do is really important um and i know i've said that you know a bunch of times this whole process is made better by knowing who you are and what you want and what your limitations are i think that'll make you know everyone's life much much easier i think it's unfair to expect everything from like one person I think so too. And I think that's going to be one of the benefits that comes culturally out of this online dating thing is that people are able to explore more. They're able to 
see what they need as people and get those needs met and have those tough conversations with the people that they're in relationships with. I think sexual relationships actually generate more healthy communication than the more traditional relationships, especially sort of upfront. I think for some reason it's it's kind of difficult to be very open and honest about things when you're just, you know, meeting someone and there is, you know, you're you're just trying to be interesting and fun. But when you're just DTF, see, see what I did? Yeah. When you're just DTF and you're like, I want something, you know, no strings attached, just tonight, I'm bored. I'm done with Netflix. It's really easy to ask them, okay, are you clean? What do you want to do? What do you not want to do? Um, it just kind of breaks through all of that hesitation where it's like, do they like me? Do they not like me? And actually, I've heard of a lot of these hookups turning into real relationships. And I'm not surprised. I think it's because you start communicating very openly so quickly. And I kind of love that. And that's another reason why I love field. Listen, I haven't met anyone on that app yet because I'm a little scared, but, but I love the idea of it. And I'm noticing more and more these days, this like variety of people. I mean, I'm, I'm swiping on men. So there's straight men, there's bisexual men, there's couples, um, there's pansexuals. Do you know what pansexuals are? I think they love everybody. That's my understanding. Not like in a, we are the world kind of way, but like they will just fuck anything. No, like, I think the idea is that they are attracted to people and not a gender identity. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So if you're non-binary, whatever term you use to describe yourself, however you identify, they're looking for that. Which I think is kind of great, right? If you're focusing on the person and not what they've got. Yeah. Or how they're labeled. Um, so there's, there's pansexuals. On the other end, you've got asexuals, people that are interested in relationships but not sex at all it doesn't it doesn't do anything for them you know i'm thinking about sex and orgasms and all of those things but i think it starts well before that i think that they don't actually experience sexual attraction is my understanding which is something i can't imagine (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you know whatever floats your boat or if you're not concerned with your boat there you go. You're not even in the water. You're like, whatever. I'm all right over here on the beach. Bone dry. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just going to say no. <laughs> okay. All right. So if you are just looking for a hookup on an app like Field or on Tinder or whatever it is, there are certain terms that people use for the activities that they are looking to engage in. Ooh, like what? (laughs) So, um... Pick up game of baseball, (laughs) knitting class. Um, so when someone shows up on field looking like a snack, and, Mm. yeah, 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 I'm using them, I'm using them, um, (laughs) and you are interested in them, but they have all of these acronyms listed m f m m m f m m you know all the m's and all the f's and all the things and you wonder what what is this what is queening what is pegging <laughs> so um anyone with sensitive ears should stop listening now mom <laughs> no not oh my god my mom can't listen to this 
Absolutely not. Just put this whole thing in a whole new light, didn't it? Oh, dear God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I found a website with a lot of different erotic acronyms. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So this is something that you can just, you can just Google, uh, and there's I think there's multiple resources. So MF is just male and female, right? It's pretty standard. MM is two men. FF is two females. But those are those are couples. This is where it gets interesting. MFM is a menage a trois, where um, both men have sex with the woman, but not each other. So what you're really looking at is who's in the middle. Mm. That's the important part. So F is in the middle. So both men are having sex with her and not with anybody else. So in this menage en trois, they're potentially making an Eiffel Tower. Yes. I don't know if you want to tell people what that means. <laughs> Y'all can Google it. You'll be fine. It's a, it's a visual thing. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. just keeping it, keeping mm-hmm. it French. There are certain variations, uh, M, M, F, 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 M, all of these. So if there are two M's or two F's in a row, everyone's getting down. I think M, F, M is one of the few where the men don't have sex with each other. And then there are groups. Group play can be very interesting. And then there's an order in which people have sex and don't have sex. So if the F is all the way to the left, Men will have sex with the female, but she doesn't end up with one of them. So I'm not really sure what this means, and I'm not sure how accurate this resource is. But there's multiple variations um, of you know group play and you know various uh, menage a trois. So I would say ask what someone is looking for because I'm pretty sure that there are people using these incorrectly as Maybe. well. Maybe. But I also think, and we'll come back to this in a later episode, since you're on field, we're going to need a field report from you. <laughs> so I want you to, for the benefit of the podcast listeners, go uh-huh. out, experience all of them, and let us know <laughs> where people are. I don't know if I have enough free time <laughs> to, to, uh, to experience everything on field. There is a lot. So there are... Um, I'm sure you're familiar with like BDSM. Mm-hmm. So, which stands for bondage, domination, submission, masochism. masochism? Yeah, I think. Or is I think it that's sadism, it, masochism? Uh, it's sadism and masochism. So bondage, and discipline. Discipline. Bondage and discipline, sadism and masochism. D slash S is dominance and submission. There is something called a dom. Switch? <laughs> so when there's a switch, people will go from one to the other. And then S slash M is slave and master. So when people call themselves a dom or a sub, it's just what role they like to play in bed. You know, one thing I have learned with talking to so many people out there, sort of in traditional culture, we think of dominant submission, BDSM, all that as this weird sort of subculture of people who get together in dark rooms and wear leather masks it's far more common. Oh, yeah. Especially with people in high-ranking, sort of important jobs. Um, there's something about having someone just beat the shit out of them in a sexual way <laughs> that seems to get them off. 
And the or opposite, just tell them what to do. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just don't want to make decisions. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes it's just that. Like, if you spend your whole day making executive decisions and everyone is relying on you, you know, maybe these are more than just sexual, right? I'm talking, I'm saying that they're just sexual, but actually maybe they're very emotional that being, you know, tied up and whipped or just told what to do, it gets you off because you're relieved. And everybody deserves that kind of relief. And it's not surprising that if you have a very high pressure job that that you would be interested in this kind of thing. And like you said, it's very common. You see yeah. a lot of those, you know, very uh, mundane looking Tinder Bumble guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't know about Tinder anymore, but a lot of those Bumble Hinge guys uh, on, on field. And I think I think more and more straight guys are, are hearing about this. And um, it's unfortunate that a lot of them aren't really talking about what they're looking for necessarily, because they think it's just a, you know, a hookup app. But actually, I think it's an app that promotes communication. Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to see. You know, I, I keep bringing it up time and time again, but as this dating app culture becomes more pervasive, we're going to see people talking about things more. Mm-hmm. Where I would almost guess that 10 to 15 years, it's going to be weird to be out dating and not have a list of questions you have to answer. In an MFM situation or whatever acronyms like where where do you see us how long do you see us being monogamous until we start sleeping with other people you know i'm a huge fan of the sex interview the sex interview (laughs) what is the sex interview so the sex interview is where before you really start dating someone seriously you are intimate with them in whatever capacity you know you're comfortable with how is this different from hooking up because you have agreed that you're going to sleep with each other and see if you have sexual chemistry or you're going to do X amount of things together and see if it works out. Because intimacy, physical intimacy in a relationship, while it's not important to some people, it's very important to other people. I mean, we are all on that spectrum somewhere, right? So you engage in these activities with this potential partner to see if it's there. And it's basically the sexual version of a first date. And you see, you know, what they've got and how they use it, and I think, theoretically, it is very successful. I'm not sure if people can get past the whole, we've already had sex and the mystery is gone so early on. I think that's one of the challenges of the sex interview, is that once you know that about somebody, that novelty wears off. You know, there, there's, there's pros and cons to it. I love the idea of it. I do too, especially because so many people end relationships because the sexual chemistry isn't there. Yeah. You could have saved yourself a whole lot of trouble if you had done a sex interview. And the worst thing, well, maybe not the worst thing, but I mean, a pretty shitty place to be in a relationship is where you have somebody that's a great companion. You guys get along really well. You're compatible. You enjoy telling each other about your days. And then you go to bed and like, you don't want to touch each other. You don't even want to look at that person. You are so sexually incompatible. Or you feel sexual desire for somebody else, and then Mm. you feel bad about it. It's pretty horrible. Yeah. So the sex interview. I like that. The sex interview. I am pro. Another one for us folks who live in places that have multiple seasons is this thing called cuffing season. Oh, cuffing season. And that's where the weather's getting real bad, Mm -hmm. and you just need someone to snuggle up with. Yep. So the term cuff has been... Short for handcuff, right? 
it's today's equivalent of getting your claws in somebody. Mm. You know, um, that you like kind of snag them up, you scoop them up. Here in Chicago, you don't want to go outside. It's cold as shit. So, and even like, for like dating, like you don't want to go outside to go and meet somebody new. Yeah. You just want to have somebody to like get you through the winter. And then spring comes, you know, see what happens. We'll reassess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, if you can agree, the, the thing about cuffing season is that somebody always gets hurt come April, May, you know? Yeah. During Which, decuffing season. De- <laughs> decuffing season. <laughs> yeah. I think that we all kind of do this stuff to each other and it's done to us. So you develop a thick skin. The only issue is that you don't want to develop too thick of a skin. You can't emotionally connect with someone anymore. Yeah. You don't want to get jaded. You don't want to have those boundaries so built up that nobody can get through them. I was just talking to um, one of my best friends about this. The friends that I have, I've had for decades. And and I've always said that friendship is, is, you know, the foundation of any successful romantic relationship. If I have a 25-year relationship to compare it to are they ever going to come out on top i think as you get older you you form and cultivate and maintain these very deep friendships with people sometimes the same sex sometimes the opposite sex for me it's both it's interesting when i go on a date and i come home and i call somebody i was in love with in college and who's now my best friend to tell them about this person. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, actually, we have a, we have a marriage pact. (laughs) We do. We have a marriage pact. What's the marriage pact? If in X amount of years we are both single, uh, that we'll get married. That sounds terrible. No, we love each other. What's, what's the age? It's not too far away. (laughs) Uh, We're getting there. Sounds like a, like a, like a death date you just know at some point I'm not big on marriage so uh, <laughs> yeah. well so I mean awful. we've both been there done that <laughs> I think the idea is especially if you have friends of the opposite sex and I've heard women talk about this too they're like I'm someone that I'm that my male friends always compare their girlfriends to and then they get frustrated and then they get and then they break up but then we don't date I mean it's not that I want to date them but why are they comparing her to me if they don't want to date me. It's just this weird kind of thing that happens. And I think we're all, you know, if you have friends of the opposite sex, this will happen. I'm wondering what happens if you just marry your best friend. What then? You've probably already had sex with them. What would happen if you just married them? They're already your best friend. You know it's good. I think there's more risk in that than marrying a stranger. Because if that doesn't work out, then who do you fall back on? Your best friend's your safety net. Oh. Hmm. I don't know, something to chew on. But, so that's just a, a sampling of some of the dating <laughs> terms that are out there. Things you're going to see on, on all these apps, especially if you're newer to them. And new ones are popping up every day. So, see something you don't know, Google it. Check out Urban Dictionary. It's probably on there to some extent. And know what you're getting into so you don't walk into a room and all of a sudden you are the tower of an Eiffel Tower. I still don't really understand. You're in the middle of the two. Mm-mm. All right. Okay.